how are you? I really mean that. How are you doing? Are you weary? Discouraged? Are you wondering what is going on? Health-wise, politically, the uncertainty of today, and certainly the uncertainty of tomorrow. How are you doing? Are you weary? Are you weary? Are you tired? Are you discouraged? Christ himself has a wonderful word for his people who are weary, discouraged, who need rest. Yes, physical rest, but spiritual rest. Emotional rest. Rest, rest. Jesus Christ has planned, he has provided for those who are his to experience and share extraordinary rest through difficult times. Jesus Christ has planned and prepared and provided for those who are his, who the Father has given him to experience and share extraordinary rest, rest in this extraordinary time that comes from him. Again, who are his? Who gets this rest? It's those who by the Holy Spirit we begin repenting of our sin, turning from our own ways, to go the way of Christ, to believe on Him. This is a wonderful promise for all those whom the Holy Spirit breathes life into you. He's got to initiate it. He's got to bring life. And in that new life, we begin seeing our sin and our rebellion against the Holy God. And we begin repenting of that sin. And we begin pursuing Him and trusting in Him and Him only for our adoption. Listen again at the words. Jimmy has read them to us, but let's see again from Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus, this is what He's saying, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Upon you, learn from me, says Jesus. For I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Part of the problem for our weariness that heavy burden of sin. If you are familiar with Pilgrim's Progress, written by John Bunyan, Pilgrim, as he carried that heavy, heavy burden that became heavier and heavier throughout his life until he, he learned to lose that burden at the cross. Part of that is this. 
Do you really feel accepted by God? Now, folks, listen. We can know intellectually, theologically, that God accepts us. Only through Christ. There's no other way. But Paul in the Scriptures, by the Holy Spirit, takes that to another level. Not only that you may know His love, but experience His love. Be honest with your heart. Are you confident that you're accepted by Him? Do you really believe, not only intellectually, but experientially, that He welcomes you? That He really loves you unconditionally? That you are a delight and joy to Him? I confess to you, my family, my GPC family and our friends, I struggle. Oh, I can know it intellectually. But to really believe it, a delight, a joy, welcomed, accepted. I saw the little fella. I was there. Young fella. He was so excited. He, he, he was shaking with joy. He's here. He's here. He's here. The little boy said, his daddy was arriving home from work. His daddy had arrived home from work. He's here. He's here. And he was just shaking with joy. He knew he was loved. He knew he was accepted. Did his father love him and discipline him and correct him when needed? Absolutely. But he knew he was loved. That he was wanted. Whew. I long for that. How is it with you? How is it with you? Unconditional. But not only accepted in a, by him, but what about with others? Look, do you really, are you experiencing exception with others? Within your family? By those you call your friends? What about in the church? That you really belong? You can. That's part of the resting in Christ. We're the family, whether it's in this family or another family, who truly proclaim Christ and attempt to understand and live out the Scriptures. The Scriptures tell us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. Rejoicing, weeping together in community. For too long in my own life, I thought, if people really knew who I am, they would not like me. They would not want me if they really knew who I was. But over time, over time, it takes a long time <laughs> for me. Ah. <sighs> got friends. Yeah. 
can be honest about joys and struggles. Yeah. There's rest in experiencing that exception. Acceptance by God and through his church. Listen, God created us. God created his people to want each other, to need each other. God created us to want each other and need each other. Look at Genesis 1.31. Genesis 1.31. The Lord, the Lord created this world and all that's in it. And then he tells us what he thinks of the world he's created. 131, and God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? Very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. God looked at his creation, the heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Ooh, it's very good. Very good. But then he says there's something that is not good. What's not good, God? What's not good? He tells us in the next chapter, chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And yes, our Lord put Adam to sleep. Our Lord did surgery on Adam, opened up, took a rib, closed the wound, and from that rib created one perfectly made for him. Why it wasn't good to be alone? That that does not mean that everyone should marry. God has chosen. God in his has gifted some not to marry. But we all need family. We all need community. We need each other. That's the way God made us. Now who is speaking here? Jesus Christ, God-man. Here in Matthew 11, speaking to all people. Listen, Jesus Christ is giving an invitation Jesus Christ is giving a command. He's giving orders. He says, come. Did you hear that? The most wonderful invitation in the world. Boys and girls, this is greater than any birthday party you could ever get invited to attend. Oh, it's an invitation where Jesus says, come and keep coming and keep coming daily. Why do I say daily? Because Jesus says daily. Jesus says, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross daily and follow him. It's an everyday coming to him. It's an invitation. The greatest invitation we could ever receive. But focus more than an invitation. It's a wonderful command. Jesus, the sovereign God, commands his people to come. 
not in a spirit of meanness, but in order to give rest. The parents to their children when they were young, the parents taught their children, whenever we tell you something to do, you do it. You do it the first time, you do it immediately. First time, immediately. Do we understand? Yes. And so the parents did that to their children. Taught them, obey, first time, immediately, without asking questions. Just do it, first time. The father. It was a beautiful, warm, sunshiny day. And had, his, had the children in the front of the boat as he was out on the lake. And as they were fishing, he saw a spot where he wanted to take his children, you know, throw in over there. I believe there's some fish. But as he was getting there, duck, he told his children. And immediately they ducked. First time, didn't ask questions. Why are we doing this? I don't want a duck. Why? No, they didn't. To realize there was a water moccasin laying across that branch. Why did he give them that command? Because he loved them. He wanted their best. That's what Christ does. He invites us, but he commands us because he wants you to have his rest. But it's more than an invitation. It's more than a command. Jesus is not offering a suggestion. He's not recommending, I recommend and suggest you come to me. No, 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 no. It is not only an invitation, a command, but family, friends, it's an order. It's an order. It's the commanding general. It's the ranking admiral who says to his troops, go and do. Do you understand this order? Is the admiral and the commanding general being mean? No. He or she understands what's best for those under their command. Go, do, it's an order because the commander cares for those under him or her. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this invitation. Thank you for this command. Thank you for this order. He says, come. But look at the second thing he tells us to do in order to have rest. He says, take his yoke. Take his yoke. It's a good yoke. What is the yoke? The yoke is that large wooden frame around the neck and across the shoulders of two oxen. A small person can control these massive animals. Control them, direct them, and even discipline when needed. Jesus has a yoke, and it's a good yoke. Why? He wants to control us. He has that right. 
He wants to direct us. That's his right. Yes, he has the right to discipline us because he loves us. If you're his, he loves his family so much that he disciplines us. Why does the farmer control, direct? For the purpose of work. The purpose of work, to accomplish a task before them. And that's the reason Christ controls us, directs us, and at times discipline us so that we will carry on a good work that is for our best and His honor. Listen, understand, we do not work for entrance into God's family. Did you hear that? You do not work in order to enter into God's family. It is by grace. We're saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. It's not of works. So we don't enter into the family through works. But if you're in the family, if you're in the family, you want to what? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Oh, listen, there's a good work, but there's, there's two works that aren't good that do not give rest. There's two works that are not good and do not give rest. And this first is this, trying to work yourself into God's family. Trying to work yourself into God's family. That was true of me. up until the Lord breathed life into me, awakened me to my sin when I was in college, I was working hard, trying to earn God's love, trying to be good enough to enter into the family. I didn't go places and do certain things that my friends did and went. I read my Bible. I was faithful in church. I was trying to be good enough. And I was hoping the good would outweigh my sin. I was trying hard. And then a friend while in college said, can I talk to you, Archie? I said, yeah. And the Holy Spirit breathed life into me and let me understand John 15, 16, as Lenny, my friend, shared the words of Christ. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Jesus says to all of those who are his, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Now go and bring forth fruit, fruit that will last. See, the Holy Spirit breathed life into me. And on that Saturday night, because he first gave me life, Jesus, I can never be good enough. I can never do enough good to outweigh and earn my way into your family. How is it with you? Please, how is it with you? That's a work that's not good, trying to enter into his family by being good enough. But there's a second work that's not good. Once I understood that, that I needed Christ and Christ only, 
then I vigorously tried to do more as a Christian. Do more and do better so that he will, what? Love me more. Another bad word. It'll wear you out. It is weary. Did you hear what I said? Even if you're a Christian, you can give yourself to work in order that he'll love you more by doing better. Do more, do better. Folk, that's a work that he has not intended. Yes, we're to work. But his love is based upon the work of Christ and Christ only. If you're his, if he's yours, it's because Christ has worked the work in you that you can never accomplish. And that, that love is solid. It cannot increase. It cannot decrease. Now, we can grieve his Holy Spirit, grieve and sadden and quench his Holy Spirit by, by entering in and indulging in sin. But his love is based on the work of Christ. So Christ says, come and keep coming. Christ says, take his yoke. And then thirdly, he says, and learn from him. Are you learning from him? Is Christ your teacher? Is he teaching you through the word? Is he teaching you through his bride, the church? Yes, 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 give yourself to the reading and the studying of the Word. Learn from Him. He is your teacher. He is your instructor. And He's a good teacher. But also, here's His means to also teach us. It's through one another. Through the church. He calls the church his bride. And he's jealous for his bride. And he uses older people. He uses middle age. He uses young people that we might learn of him. Family, listen, listen. Are you learning of Christ through the ministry of others? And that's the reason here there are other, there are other good churches, whether locally or wherever you are, but find and be a part of a family, a community that is teaching Christ and teaching the Scriptures where you can grow and learn and reach out to others. We have those who are working in the nursery with our youngest. Then we have those who are teaching our classes that begin with our children up through our youth. Oh, the youth, the youth ministry here on Sunday nights, junior high, senior high. I just sit back and applaud. My heart applauds, applauds what's happening or what's happening here to our senior high and adults as we've begun a series on marriage and human sexuality that has begun on Sunday mornings right in that room at 9.30. There's so much confusion about marriage and human sexuality. 
and our elders are taking us through this document. It is excellent. On Sunday mornings at 9.30, I invite you to come. Let's learn together of what our Lord says about marriage and sexuality. We learn from Him. Listen, listen. I am benefiting greatly from this book, and Pastor Paul has a good number of these available if you want them free regarding gentle and lowly. I've read it. My wife has read it. Now we're going back through it together. <laughs> we sit down, we read each other. I read, she reads, I read for our second time. So much to learn about Christ. Look, look how Christ describes himself. He says, come, take his yoke, learn of him. You'll find rest. Why? He is gentle. He's gentle. He's lowly. He doesn't come to us and say, here you are again after all you've done. No, family, he's gentle. He's gentle. He's humble. He's humble. You can have rest for your soul because he is gentle and he is lowly, meaning humble in heart. Look, look, look at what Jesus, look what the scriptures tell us about the humility of Christ. Philippians 2. Folk, this is the reason you can find rest. It's because of Christ, who he is and what he has accomplished. Look at Philippians 2, 3 through 11. Philippians 2, 3, 3 through 11. This is who Christ is and the way we're to live before each other. The scriptures tell us in Ephesians, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. That means pride. But what? In humility count others more significant than yourself. I'm failure. Okay? I fail. And I'm asking our Lord to teach us. Teach me. To put my wife, to put you, to put others as more important than I think I am. That's what he's saying. No selfishness. That can only come through Christ. It can only come through the Holy Spirit. But in humility, count others more significant than ourselves. Please do that in us, Lord. Do that in us. Let each of us each of you, look not only to your own interests, that's natural, to look after ourselves, but know the interest of others is more significant than our interest. Failure, failure, failure. Change me, Lord. Okay, here it is. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, here he is. Who, though he was in the form of God, God, man, deity, 
Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Jesus did not empty himself of his deity. He did not empty himself of his deity. He emptied himself of certain rights and privileges. Rights and privileges. He allowed those soldiers to come and arrest him and abuse him and execute him. He gave up certain rights and privileges. He says he could have called 10,000 angels and they would have come and stopped the crucifixion. But he gave up that right. He gave up that right. Did he give it up for you? Are you in that family for whom he gave up his right? He took that form of a servant. He was born in the likeness of us humans. And because he was found in human form, what did he do? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the very point of death, even death on a cross. He is gentle. He is lowly. He is humble in heart. Come to him. Come to him daily that he will give you rest. And because he humbled himself, God exalted him. Listen, go to Christ is eager. Christ is eager and able to give rest. Christ is eager and able to give rest from the burdens and the pressures. Christ is eager, Christ is able to give rest from the burdens, the pressures, and heavy loads of this life. Did you hear that? With your heart. He's eager. He's able to give you rest in whatever you're facing or will face. He's able. The uncertainties, the weariness from the burdens, the pressures, and the heavy loads of this life. So what does Jesus say? Come to him, all who labor and are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. He says, take his yoke upon him. Learn from him, learn from him. He is gentle, he is lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your souls. What's our response? What is your response? Respond to him. Jesus, I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I'm weary. But I'm coming to you. And I'm coming to you not only individually, but within the family. We need each other. And then share of him. Share of him. Share of him. Respond by giving yourself to study. 
to learning from Him. Say yes to Him. Please, daily say yes to Him. Say yes to His yoke. Yes to His control. His dominance, domain over you, His leading. Okay, Jesus. You've got a good yoke. Control today. Control, give direction, give leading to do that good work that you intend to do through you, through us, through all. Will you do that? Christ, I want your yoke today. I want your yoke. I want your control. I want your dominance. I want your direction. I want your discipline because you've got a good work to accomplish, to his leading. Lastly, look at this. What does Jesus say? Come. 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 The heartache, the pain, the disappointments, the uncertainties, come and keep coming. He's gentle. He's humble. And he can give you the rest that you can say, it was worth it, Lord. It was worth it. Because of what we've learned from you, it's worth it. You're worth it. Listen, we are available to talk with you. There are men here who will talk with you, men and guys. We have ladies who will talk with you, ladies and girls. As soon as Pastor Paul returns to us, he'll be glad to talk to you. I will. But please, in family, in community, Come and keep coming to Christ who can give you rest. Let's thank Him. Father, we shout, we thank You so much that Jesus Christ is gentle, He is humble, He does not send us away. His yoke is good, we want it. We want His control. We want His direction. We want to do His work. Convince us. But then, Father, use us to share these truths with others. Our neighbors. Those with whom we are around. And yes, to the nations, to the nations, to the nations. May they know and experience the rest of gentle, humble, sovereign, ruling God, Jesus Christ. Amen.